Howdy y'all, welcome to the Super Sexy Podcast, where every other week we get together to speculate as to the sex lives of superheroes. It's locker room talk for nerds, geeks, fanboys, and any and all aficionados of pop culture. I'm your host, the world's worst detective, Matthew J. Therio. With me as always is the latest in a long line of brutally murdered sidekicks, Andy Taylor. We are the Super Sexy Podcasters. Bat-babes! That is the topic for today, part two of our uh, discussion on Batman. Last week we talked all about the bat and the cat, that is Batman and Catwoman and their relationship to one another. This week we're going to be talking all about all the other bat girls, bat women, and bat babes that Bruce Wayne has gotten with in the comics and in movies. So, Andy, we already talked a little bit about uh, Bruce Wayne last week. We talked a little bit about uh, Selena Kyle, their power set, quote-unquote, uh, their personalities. Of the girls we're going to be talking about today, are there any that you want to uh, bring up uh, personality-wise that you want to speculate as to how that might affect their performance in the bedroom? Or do you want to just jump on into the list of love interests across all media? Uh, well, well, all right. So I, I could bring up a couple things. You know, one, I, I could see t- uh, Talia Al Ghul as being the uh, she's a dominatrix. You know, I could see her into some BDSM. She know? did drug Bruce Wayne heavily uh, on the night that they consummated their union and produced Damian Wayne. That's uh, that's yeah. I could see her doing it. She she's a total uh, Cardi B. You know, she's like she could totally do that. Hmm. Okay. Uh, any other women stick out to you? I, I don't disagree on that one, by the way. Yeah, I think you're you're right on the money. Well, did did um did Batman ever get with Poison Ivy? You know, I'm sure it had to have happened at some point in one of the comics. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't point to a specific issue in which that happened. I know she was trying to seduce him in uh, Batman and Robin. But uh, she failed to do so, which honestly makes a lot of sense because I've never seen the appeal of uh, Uther Thurman. Like, I, I know Quentin, Quentin Tarantino has a fetish for her, but yeah, no, I, I just mean, don't I, see it. I, I, don't, I don't see Quentin Tarantino's, or I mean, I'm sorry, I don't see Uma Thurman as, as Poison Ivy. I see another one, like a, a voluptuous like redhead, you know, like possibly uh, Christina Hendricks or something like that. Right. Or that uh, redhead from like Sex and the City, but like circa Sex and the City or even before that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's another one we'll have to do on the casting couch one of these days. Poison Ivy. Or Harley, Harley Quinn. You know, some of the other side chicks that, you know. Yeah, because Harley Quinn's also another one that, you know, obviously she's part of the rogues gallery, but she's not really one of Batman's many love interests. Yeah, she, but, uh, she did get with uh, Nightwing, right? He was Nightwing by then, right? Who, uh, Dick uh, Grayson? Yeah. I thought I remember. Harley Quinn? Yeah, Harley Quinn and him. And which issue? Oh, no, wait, no, 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 that was Deathstroke. That was Deathstroke. Okay, I was going to say, I could not recall that happening at all. Deathstroke or Deadshot? One of those two. Anyways, whatever. Uh, (laughs) It was a while back, yeah, I remember seeing a video of it. All right. Oh, we definitely have to do a Deathstroke video just so we can bring up Terra. And that whole, uh, the Judas contract arc. You, you, you're laughing because you know about that, don't you? I don't know, man, but I, I want to hear about it. 
Oh, like, okay, Deathstroke, he's like the silver fox. He's got to be in his late 50s. He's still got a full head of hair, but it's all turned white. So he, he's an older gentleman. Uh, and so Tara was a member of the Teen Titans when she was very much a teenager. She was 16. Uh, and she betrayed the rest of the Teen Titans in the Judas Contract because she had been sleeping with Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, now, and um, she was madly in love with him. Now, uh, say, like, we watched the show Teen Titans Go. Is she the redhead or the gothic chick? She's neither. neither. The uh, okay. redhead is Starfire. The goth chick is Raven. Okay, all right. Go back, go, go back to what you were saying then. Okay, yeah, let's just get into it oh, with yeah, uh, his, yeah. you know what? Let's his love interests. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into uh, the May-December romance of Slade Wilson and uh, Tara some other time. There's so much to talk and about. She, she was a princess, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, Talia al Ghul. She, she was the first one we mentioned. Uh, obviously the daughter of Raish al Ghul, uh, which remind me of the Arabic translation there. Uh, the demon's head, if I am not mistaken. Because al Ghul means the demon. And in fact, al Ghul is one of the only cognates uh, that we have in the English language that's borrowed from Arabic. So he's Do like- you know what the... Okay. The other one, the other cognate being alchemy. Yep, we don't have a lot of them, but uh, Al Ghul, which we get the word ghoul from and ghoulish and all that. So, uh, yeah, Raish Al Ghul, the demon's head. Uh, so, she's the daughter of Raish, and she is the uh, mother of Bruce Wayne's uh, son, Damian Wayne, who is the current Robin right now. And I, uh, I, I've seen some of the videos, or videos in comic uh stills on like on the facebook threads of damien and boy oh my god what about him (laughs) he's like he's like bruce but just like even worse even more brooding and even more antisocial and and and, and, and strict and and like everything's by the book and you have to do it this way and it's got to be aligned well, his first, like, five to ten years of life, uh, was he was raised by the League of Assassins to be, like, the world's greatest assassin, you know, even as a child. You know, when uh, Bruce first brought him back, like, he just wanted to, like, kill all of the villains in Gotham, just chop their heads off with his big sword. So, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a tough one to raise, definitely. But uh, his uh, surrogate father... Uh, Dick Grayson, when Dick was Batman, actually proved uh, a really good partner to Damien. Unlike Talia, who did not prove a good partner to Bruce, you know, obviously she was uh, just using him for his his sperm. She was, uh, yeah, not really after a relationship. She was just after uh, his baby juice. Oh, yeah, she saw him as a a perfect uh, mate. Which he was. Like, he is a perfect human being, like, yeah. in every sense of the word. So you can't really blame Talia. Like, if you're going to, like, go all eugenics, you know, like, for that Y chromosome, you're going to want Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, and she uh, actually is the head of a terrorist organization uh, named Leviathan. So her father, a uh, worldwide terrorist, you know, the League of Assassins, she has her whole other terrorist organization, Leviathan. Uh, she was played by Marion Coltiard in The Dark Knight Rises. And I just found this out today as I was doing the research for the show. Uh, a girl named Lexa Doig, Doig? Doig. Can't even pronounce that name. Yeah. On Arrow. 
So Arrow, obviously, Batman does not feature on that show. So she was uh, probably more of a love interest for Oliver Queen than Bruce Wayne, I'd imagine. See, what do I remember Mo- Lexa Doy from? Jason X, that's what I remember her from. And Andromeda, yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I, I'm not much for the horror movies, so I've not seen a lot of the Jasons or any of them. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Kathy Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman, not to be confused with Kate Kane, also named Batwoman. Uh, The one is cousins to Bruce Wayne. That's Kate Kane, uh, and she is a lesbian. Uh, She has actually had a romantic uh, partnership with Maggie Sawyer in the past, uh, the head of the special crime unit in Metropolis. Uh, And she's like a big military brat and whatnot, Kate Kane. But obviously, since she's both his cousin and she's only interested in other women, uh, she has never gotten with Bruce Wayne. Uh, unless there's like some Pornhub version of that, uh, which I'm sure there is. So she's the one so, that's being portrayed by Ruby Rose on TV. Yes, in the new uh, Batwoman show. Okay. So Kathy Kane, whole different character. She uh, is not related to Bruce at all, except for in the various imaginary stories where they get married. And those are all like Silver Age era, and they're phenomenal because it's all about Dick Grayson being an emotional little bitch, like where he just pouts and cries in the Batcave, like, oh no, my best friend is getting married, and now we're not going to be pals anymore, and... You know, we're not going to be able to hang out and go on adventures because he has this harpy, this succubus that's going to be sucking all his time away. And, I mean, he's not wrong. I am always, you know, talking to my best friends like, dude, don't get married. Don't have kids. Don't leave me. Don't, like, don't be the Batman to my Robin. Like, you know, we we make a good team, a good partnership. You don't need, you know, that girl tying you down. So I get where he's coming from. Dick Grayson, but man, he just put on the waterworks on every single cover that uh, Kathy Kane was in. So, yeah, that is Kathy Kane. Uh, never been uh, portrayed in live action. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing very many pictures other than the uh, comic stills. Yeah, although she was the one that actually defeated Talia al Ghul when uh, Leviathan almost took over the world. Oh, so Talia al Ghul just like she knows she probably isn't like perfect. She her her offspring would be perfect. Kathy Kane is like I could whoop you. I'm perfect. I'm better. Well, to my recollection, uh, Talia al Ghul's son Robin, uh, Damian Wayne, had died by that point in the story arc, and uh, she had still gone through with her plans of world domination, and she almost had Batman beat. Batman formed an entire league of Batman. Like, worldwide, different Batman from all across the world. Like, a whole army just to take on her army. And he was still, like, almost on the losing end until Kathy Kane came in for the win. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder where all they come up with all this money for, like, all these wars. And then I think to myself, oh, well, our government has money for wars and military and stuff. And our government actually did try to uh, use Kate Kane... uh, to form a whole army of government-sponsored Batman. That was a different arc. Uh, very good. Uh, that was recent. That came out uh, circa DC Rebirth uh, a few years back. But moving on, let's talk about Vicki Vale. Uh, she was uh, introduced very early on, Batman 49, as pretty much like an answer to Lois Lane. She's 
a reporter for the Gotham Gazette, just like Lois is for uh, the Daily Planet. And so they were trying to like insert that same love dynamic of like, okay, she's like really into Bruce Wayne because he's a billionaire and whatnot, but she doesn't know that he's Batman. You know, that whole thing. So she was actually portrayed all the way back in 1949 in one of those old black and white serials called Batman and Robin. Not the very first Batman serial, the second one. Uh, then she was portrayed by an actress, Pony Adams. Uh, but much more famously, she was portrayed uh, in the 89 uh, Batman movie by uh, Tim Burton, uh, where the actress was Kim Bassinger. So, what, what were your thoughts on Vicki Vale? Um... She's more of a uh, probably a plot device, you know, something that was just like to to to, to fill a, fill a spot, you know, to carry on the story. But I think more as time got, went on, she became more of a, you know, uh, an involved character. Um, I think Vicky Vale and Iris West and a lot of the like his girl Friday reporter archetypes, they're all very derivative of Lois Lane. Like, I really want to see more love interests that aren't just, you know, a reporter that, ooh, might dig in and find out who the uh, secret identity is. Yeah. So, yeah, and, you're uh, right. It's a plot device. Yeah, and she, uh, she, I mean, she was all right in, in, in that. I mean, I would I would have been glad if they probably went with, like, another character that was uh, more known, but I'm, I'm glad they gave her more of a story in that movie, the Batman movie. Right, yeah. So let's uh, move on to Julie Madison. Now, she was Batman's very first love interest in the comics, uh, introduced all the way back in Detective Comics number 31. Which, remember, Batman didn't make his appearance until Detective Comics number 27. So like four issues later, she's already in there. And I think she predates even Catwoman, because Catwoman didn't come around until Batman number one, which... Uh, was, I think, a few months after Detective Comics 31. Now, she was brought back very famously uh, by Scott Snyder during his Zero Year arc, uh, where he got, uh, featured them as, like, college uh, a fling, like, part of Batman's past. Uh, and then they kind of, like, fell away. Uh, she almost, like, had a chance of, like, after he comes back, you know, to Gotham, after his sojourn around the world, finding himself and all that training. Uh, she almost like rekindles the flame. Uh, but Alfred, he's like, you know what? Now I know that Bruce, if he does see her, he's going to turn away from his war on crime. And right now Gotham, Gotham needs Batman. But after Bruce Wayne died fighting the Joker, and then afterwards when he got better, he, he did die, but he did get better from death. <laughs> uh, he comes back with no memory of who he is. And that's when Julie and him actually get a chance to rekindle things. They're like living together. He doesn't know that he's Bruce Wayne billionaire. So he's not even like trying to be that. He's not trying to be Batman. He's just a plain old domestic, you know, boyfriend, you know, working at a charity, if I recall correctly. And he almost has this like real happiness with Julie until shit starts going down in Gotham and the replacement Batman, Jim Gordon, uh, just can't handle it. And so Bruce Wayne, 
that he kind of like pieces together, oh shit, I am Batman and I've got to like get the skills back. And so he basically mind wipes his amnesia, his amnesia and goes back to being Batman. And the worst part about it is the one that does it almost has to be Alfred. Alfred's almost the one to push the button on the brain machine that was going to like turn him back into Batman and kill the little boy in the alley that, you know. Basically, the way uh, Alfred described he's like, you're asking me to become Joe Chill, to, to kill the real Bruce Wayne all over again to make him Batman. And Bruce is like, yes, that's exactly what I'm asking you to do. And Alfred can't go through with it. And so Julie's the one that has to like give up her happiness with him uh, and push the button. Oh, such a great arc. Scott Snyder's run on Batman is always going to be the greatest. So, yeah, and she actually uh, did have a live-action appearance. I had forgotten about this because the movie was so bad. Batman and Robin, uh, she was played by Ellie McPherson, in which she was actually engaged to Bruce Wayne, the uh, George Clooney version of the character. And and he he tried to – so, because it didn't work out between them, apparently, in the movie. And there – from what I heard, and you told me – I think you told me this – uh, Clooney tried to portray a Batman as gay or secretly as being gay? Secretly as being gay. Like, he... It's not in the script. No one ever says it in the movie or whatnot, but that's just, like, how he conceived of the character and how he was informing his acting based on that. It's almost as if he couldn't even commit to being, like, with her, you know? Well, in Clooney's mind, but I, I'm very dubious as to how much of the actor actually goes into the character. Uh, it's sort of like a death of the author, but instead of saying, okay, let's ignore what's on the written page or what's in the mind of the author, I'm saying, let's ignore what's in the mind of the actor. You know, All that really counts is what's actually on the film cell. It, I, I think that if a, if, a, uh, if a script is more ad-libbed, like the, the movie is more ad-libbed than it is to adhere to a script, then it probably involves more of who that person is as a character or that how that how that person develops their character yeah i I can see an argument there but uh i I think there's also good argument from a critical standpoint to ignore the choices that george clooney was making in that movie but i mean not that we have to do that in order to like salvage the movie or anything that 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 movie is just unwatchable unsalvageable like schumacher there there was a reason they almost stopped making batman movies after that and the the what was it the 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 nut pack like he it literally emphasized it like it was silver and the bat nipples yeah (laughs) okay so maybe maybe Clooney wasn't the only one maybe the costume designer was in on the plot And that's exactly what Wortham was accusing Batman of being all the way back in uh, the 50s. And George Clooney's like, yep, going with that. <laughs> they, they might as well have made uh, Superman a fascist, uh, you know, just to like really prove Wortham right. Wait, they did do that in uh, Batman v Superman. Snyder makes him a fa- Wow. Huh, maybe Wortham was onto something. Nah, not really. Moving on, we're talking Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Batgirl. Now, in the comics, they never really get together. Uh, but, very, very controversially and famously, 
uh, in the adaptation of Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. Not in the comic itself, but in the, uh, the cartoon adaptation. Uh, they are part of a relationship. So Barbara, for our listeners, if they don't know, uh, she's the daughter of Commissioner Gordon. And in order, Joker doesn't find out that, you know, she's Batgirl. He's only trying to fuck with the commissioner. And so what happens in The Killing Joke in both the car, uh, comic and in the uh, cartoon, Joker goes to Barbara's apartment. She answers the door and bam, he just shoots her right in the spine, you know, leaves her permanently paralyzed. Uh, he presumably off panel uh, rapes her. Uh, because he, then he leaves her entirely naked. Uh, and then he kidnaps her father, Commissioner Gordon, and like ties him to this uh, roller coaster in this like haunted, not haunted, but like this fucked up uh, amusement park. And as Commissioner Gordon is going through this roller coaster uh, amusement park ride, like he's seeing all these pictures of Barbara Gordon naked and beaten and bleeding and presumably like raped and joker is trying to give commissioner gordon such like a bad day that it just pushes him over the edge where he goes from sane to insane he's trying to make gordon another joker yeah it's like the thesis that he's arguing for and this is the way he's arguing it yeah and he's assuming that almost like everybody is going to be exactly the same as him if if stressed the same way you know yeah, and in fact, uh, if our listeners want to hear more on uh, my analysis of The Killing Joke, they should go to Wisecrack's uh, YouTube channel, and they should search for uh, The Origin of the Joker. I have a uh, pretty cool video that gets into uh, who is the Joker really, and you know who have various comic book writers and filmmakers like presented to us as his backstory that we never really hear spoken out loud, but it's like hinted at and suggested so definitely go check that out but uh barbara gordon uh she's been played a few times uh Ivone craig in the third season of the batman 66 series and by alicia silverstone in batman and robin oh yeah yeah oh yeah i definitely had a crush on her back in alicia. the day it, will, it was all oh. her and then like i think it was um uh what was that girl hit me baby one more time uh, Britney, Britney Spears. Spears, yeah. I, I think Britney Spears was definitely a, a cut above Alicia even. But yeah. have you ever heard with uh, Alicia Silverstone, like, obviously super, super hot in Clueless, uh, which is exactly why they decided to cast her as Batgirl in Batman and Robin. Uh -huh. But she kind of let herself go a little bit. She put on a, a, a more than a few pounds from how the story goes. And they made the costume presuming she was going to be like slender and spelt like a superhero and then alicia shows up on set and they're like no we're not altering the costume you're gonna have to make some alt you know alterations wow yeah so basically crash diet that is my understanding and recollection of the story ouch all right <laughs> well i'm sure i'm sure they've gotten it uh gotten it down to a science by now well, yeah, I I need some of that science myself. I uh, I could use a I could lose a few pounds before Comic Con, build a little bit of muscle. 
I, I definitely, I, I'm not fat by any means. You know me, like, you know, you can still see my abs and whatnot, but I, I just want to, like, really, really look good, stand out, in case, uh, in case I want to ask out any of the actresses on the panel. <laughs> All right. Don't put it past me. <laughs> I, 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 more power to you. Go do it. All right, moving on. Rachel Dawes. Now, she was not a character from the comics at all. She was introduced in Batman Begins, uh, where she is the Gotham City assistant district attorney, uh, as well as Bruce's childhood best friend. Uh, there's really not a whole lot to say about the character. Uh, she was originally played by Katie Holmes, uh, and then for some reason, Katie thought, you know what, I don't want to be in the greatest movie of all time, The Dark Knight. I am just going to go into obscurity and worship Xenu, the god of Scientology, and be with you know my short little husband, Tom Cruise, and not be in The Dark Knight. So the role was given to Maggie Gyllenhaal, most famous for portraying all of the Who's in Whoville in the various Dr. Seuss uh, movies. Not really, but she, she definitely looks like it, that face of hers. Like, she is not a pretty girl, whereas Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, you kind of see like, oh, right, I know why this billionaire is, you know, like, going for this girl. Not the most, you know, beautiful woman in the world, but childhood best friend, girl next door, and super, super hot. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Maggie Gyllenhaal doesn't make sense. I saw a picture the other day of, uh, it said, uh, I, I, w- I want you to hold me the way uh, Heath holds a Gyllenhaal. And it showed both where he uh, Heath Ledger is, is as Joker and he's holding uh, uh, Maggie uh, from uh, Rachel, as Rachel Dawes. Uh, and he sees like at that party. And then the, the other one is a picture of uh, him holding uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Cowboys. <laughs> oh, from uh, what's Broke that? Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. That's right. Yeah, not not so much a fan of Brokeback Mountain. Uh, the world doesn't need to be associated in uh, cowboys with any of that. Like, as a straight shooter myself, yeah. Anyway, yeah, little Nas X isn't helping there either. I might have to give up the cowboy hat one of these days just so girls don't get the wrong idea. All right, moving on. Uh, two more to go. Doctor Chase Meridian. She uh. Made her first and only appearance in Batman Forever uh, with Val Kilmer uh, as a uh, psychiatrist that he's just dating because she's hot. Which makes a whole lot of sense because she's played by Nicole Kidman and she was hot and she was my very first childhood crush. Yeah, she that was a sexual awakening watching that movie because those ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm about to... Burst into a country song just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 made all the sense in the world. Like, that is just a shame that she didn't uh, make more appearances. Wait, she uh, actually did make another DC comic book appearance. Do you know what it was? Oh yeah, she's uh, she's Aquaman's mother. Exactly, she's Mara. I almost forgot about that. She is obviously not like, you know what she looked like back in her early 20s, but she has held up for, what is she, in her 50s now? Late 40s, early 50s? Yeah, whew. We're getting older, too. Like, I'm looking back at the 90s going like, oh, reminiscing, thinking about it. I'm thinking like, oh, we're about to hit 2020. Oh, shit. 
Well, speak for yourself. I'm over here, you know, I ain't getting older. <laughs> I, I, I just hit the pause. I, I'm like Eobard Thawne, where he gets older, and then he just uses the speed force, and I, he's younger again. That's the reverse flash, yeah. That, that's my goal. Run fast enough that I lose years. <laughs> so I got to I gotta hit the treadmill uh, after my knee recovers. It makes me oh now I wonder what what do what do superheroes do at the like like the it, eternal or uh, long lived um, uh, comic book characters do at the heat death of the universe like at the end of the oh universe. Superman actually has survived the heat death of the universe like all of existence just you know collapses on him and you know he's Superman so he just shrugs it off <laughs> and then when a new universe comes about. He's right there. It's uh, in Adventures of Superman number 49, I want to say. That's a three-part, like, where the very first, like, year of his career, back in, like, the 1930s, he fails to save this experimental space plane, and it just kind of, like, goes outside of the space-time continuum. And then in the year, like, 100 trillion or so, when the last protons are decaying and the universe falls in on itself, you know, Superman, he, uh says goodbye to like the last of the dying gods and then the universe dies and he just lives on he's like oh there's that space plane and you know he saves it and he brings it into the new universe yeah so not even existence ending can defeat superman but bat batman he uh he's only made it to ever i want to say five minutes before the heat death in the universe Yes, yes. So when uh, Darkseid sends the Omega Sanction against Bruce Wayne in Final Crisis number six, it sends him hurtling through time. You know, he starts off in caveman times and he works his way up through like pilgrim times, cowboy times. And each time he's being like a different Batman. He's like pilgrim Batman and cowboy Batman and, you know, 30s noir Batman. And then eventually, like, He's sent all the way to 10 minutes before the heat death of the universe where he has to, like, save all of existence across all of time. It's, it's good stuff. You need to read it. It's one of the best Batman stories ever told. All right. One last character we're going to talk about, and just briefly, and that is Dinah Lance, a.k.a. the Black Canary. Now, she is traditionally associated with Green Arrow, Oliver Queen, but... Uh, very famously, in All-Star Batman and Robin, The Boy Wonder, number four, she and Batman violently assault a gang of criminals, breaking their bones and lighting several on fire. Uh, and then, uh, while the criminals are still, like, burning and probably still screaming in agony uh, off-panel, they, they then proceed to have sex in the streets and the rain. You know, right amidst their victims, masks on, pants off. And as they're just going at it, Bruce, like, he thinks to himself, huh, I don't think I've kissed a smoker since Selena. And it was all drawn by Jim Lee, who was, like, very, very good at drawing, like, uh, female characters. So it was one of Bruce Wayne's uh, sexier moments in the the comics. Probably, like, he's probably just got done watching Natural Born Killers or something. Probably. All right, that moves us on to our recurrent segments at the end here now. And the first one we're going to do, Men Want to Be Him. Now, Andy, 
If you could resemble any actor that has portrayed Batman in live action, who would you look like and why? And let, let me give you a list and some options here to pick from. You got Adam West from Batman 66. You got Michael Keaton from Batman 89 and Batman Returns. Val Kilmer, Batman Forever. You got George Clooney from Batman and Robin with bat nipples and all. You got Christian Bale from the whole Dark Knight trilogy. Ben Affleck from the DCEU. And I almost forgot about these last two. Ian Glenn, a.k.a. Jorah Mormont, as set to appear in Titans Season 2. He was just recently cast. As well as uh, Robert Patterson, uh, who has been cast for The Batman, which is going to be coming. So, give me some thoughts on some of these uh, individuals here. Let's start, let's start with Adam West. What do you think of uh, Adam? Um, well, you know, he's the classic. Uh, he just... To me, he doesn't. He's not physically imposing. He is more. No, the not at all. He is a comic book. Uh, he is a comical uh, Batman. The Bright Knight, as he's been called. Yeah. Like, I think as Bruce Wayne, like he is, you know, a, a classic. Like, hey, if this girl needs to like remarry a second husband, you know, she's gonna go after him because you know, same age range or whatnot. But yeah, he just doesn't have like. That, oh my god, like, I really gotta be him, kind of like, look to him. Let alone, like, I, I've got a better body than he does. <laughs> so, Michael Keaton. What do you think of Michael? Um, I mean, he's he's good. He was like the first real, he's the one that take the Batman's role seriously enough to, you know, like, warrant, like, you know, like, more more Batman. Um, See, I think he's almost less Batman than Adam West, even. Uh, he's got that weird curly hair, and he doesn't have any kind of a jawline to speak of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did, well, the phys- uh, yeah, I guess uh, visually he doesn't have it. He doesn't. He's not. He's not a Batman. He's not imposing. He's just, you know, he's not. He's not physically built like a Ben Affleck or like a Christian Bale. You know. Yep. So. All right, Val Kilmer. What do you think of him? Um, like outside of the bat suit, like yeah. the guy looks like he is a male model. Like, yeah, you, then, you know, women are swimming, swimming after Val. Back, back, back then, yeah, he was a uh, Val Kilmer was a a good looking guy, you know. Yeah, and George Clooney, circa the uh, mid '90s when he was Batman, I. Even back then, he was already a little bit of a silver fox, but like that was around the time he was being voted world's sexiest man. So you you know some girls are going after him. Yeah, it's just and he does, but he doesn't seem like a physically imposing. In fact, I'm, the, the 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 suits of, of him in it appear like he's standing in high heels. You know. Yeah. It's, it's just it's the suit itself is muscular. You know, it's got nipples for Christ's sakes. You know. That is a problem with almost all of the bat suits from like the Michael Keaton era all the way through the. Uh, I would probably say the Christian Bale. Like Christian Bale, he was only like 190, and he is fit, but he is not like, oh, I can take on all these bodybuilders single-handedly by myself. Fit, and obviously, his suit was very armored, but uh, 
that's not really showing off his natural physique at all because he doesn't have a real natural physique, you know. Although Ben Affleck, right? Or I mean, who are you talking about? Uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. No, Ben Affleck has a hell of a physique. He is absolutely a hands beast, down massive. physically, like body wise, the one you're going to want to most resemble. That, yeah. That's not even a question. And that's he's my pick, actually. You know. Yeah, he's got to be my pick too. I, I gotta say, because he also has the strong jaw. He's got like that five o'clock shadow. He's got like just the natural handsomeness, the, the white teeth, and perfect smile, uh, perfect head of hair. And he's becoming kind of like the silver fox. So, like he was like you know pretty boy back in the day, and he's maturing into like you know older dashing gentleman. He's like he's got it all. He's got everything. Like there's. No one that compares, really. If, if I could imagine Batman between the ages of, like, 40 and, like, 60, you know, like that 20-year range, or maybe yep. even that... like the Frank range. Miller Batman. Yeah, it would be ba- uh, it would be Ben Affleck. He would be that, that, that age-type person. Well, well, that is exactly why he was cast, because they were heavily inspired by The Dark Knight Returns, and that's why his suit looks like it's straight out of that comic book. So, Ian Glenn, I, I think there is an argument to be made. I mean, obviously, he's got the receding hairline. He's got, uh, you know, a lot of wrinkles on his face and whatnot. But, I mean, the guy had Khaleesi. You, you got to give him that. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's got no physically imposing body. Like, he just looks like a, like a guy, you know? He doesn't... He, like, I, I, I am very excited, though, to see his portrayal. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I see he's a guy that's going to rely more on his technology than he is on his own body. Now, Robert Patterson. Now, i got to give him, he's got the square jaw, but everything I have seen him in, he is too freaking emo. Like, he's yeah. got that goth, like, you know, pale skin, you know, sullen eyes. Like, I don't see him as Batman. He's got to put on some weight. He has. Oh, to absolutely. Yeah, they, they got to have him doing what Ben was doing twice over. Just to make up for his whole past history yeah. of acting, we're talking like like bulk up like Christian Bale style, you know? Oh, oh, way more than Christian Bale, Ben Affleck style. Ben Affleck, really? Okay. Oh, he needs at least that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ro- Robert Patterson, unless he's arm wrestling The Rock and winning, I don't think he's Batman. He has to commit to the role. I mean, do some roids. I mean, hump hump it up, man. Oh, do all the roids. Yeah, do do everything you can. Pump your body now, up. I mean, not, nail Skip roids. Way. He needs to get a hand on Bane's uh, venom. <laughs> That's what he needs, like directly to the brain. Yeah, he needs something. All right, and that moves us on to our next segment of the casting couch. Now, Andy, who would you say is the most attractive actress to portray Batman's love interest in live action? And again, let me uh, let me give you some options here. You got Ivone Craig as Batgirl all the way back in Batman 66. I think it's pronounced Yvonne. Yvonne? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I've only ever seen that uh, written out. I have never heard it pronounced. Oh, okay. That name. It's an unusual name. Yvonne. Yvonne. Okay. Huh. You know what? I have a friend whose wife is named Yvonne, but I didn't realize that was the same name. (laughs) That's That's probably how they spell it, Yvonne. Yeah. That would make sense. All right, you got uh, Kim Basinger, Vicky Vale, and Batman 89. Nicole Kidman as Chase Meridian, Batman Forever. Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl and Batman and Robin. 
Ellie McPherson as Julie Madison in Batman and Robin. Katie Holmes and Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes in uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, respectively. And then uh, Marianne Cotillard as Talia Ghul in The Dark Knight Rises. Now, what uh, what are your thoughts on all these lovely ladies? And not so lovely for some of them. Uh, they Some of them just don't do it for me. Like uh, Yvonne Craig, Kim Basinger, they just backed in. I don't know. Like, Yvonne I, Craig doesn't do it for you. Yeah, no. I, I really like her in the costume. Like that it Yeah, look at that. Costume? That is a hell of a costume. Yeah. I, costume what happened to sixties bra technology? That is technology lost to time oh, that torpedoes? we are still trying to Yeah, the torpedoes. I don't think it went out of fashion. I think we are technologically incapable of replicating it and once we become capable again, that's all we're gonna see in society. From what I've heard, like we can't, we the technology that sent us to the moon uh, hasn't been replicated because I guess we lost a bunch of it. Now that is crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think of Kim Bassinger? Um, she a little older, you know. Like even even in the, like back then, she looked older, you know. Yeah, pretty, but in a plain kind of way. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, there was nothing really big about it, you know. Um. I mean, if this is one of the cougars that's on the prowl at the bar that I'm always fighting off, like this one, I'm not going to put up much of a fight at all, but she's definitely a cougar. Yeah, you know, you'd have a couple more drinks. And maybe, you know, some other activity afterwards. <laughs> uh, let's see. What uh, do you think? Nicole Kidman. Now, she's hot. Oh, yeah. Maybe one of the uh, all-time greats. I, I would Especially right, right. Circa Batman and Robin, or uh, I, Batman Forever. I would have to put her at the top of the list right now, um, but let's keep going. Yeah, I, I don't see her getting knocked off. It's possible, but, I mean, look, she just has perfectly symmetrical features in every respect whatsoever. She's got a tiny little nose, luscious lips, but, like, not overbearing her face like Anne Hathaway. You know, she's got the, those sexy eyes that just, like, look at you alluringly. Bluish green, yeah. You know, nice pale skin that it doesn't even look like she needs a whole lot of makeup other than that lipstick. She's just like, whew, God made her perfect. He, he gave her all the gifts, and that's why so many other women are lesser in comparison. They God just didn't have enough of Nicole to go around. Not after her. Alicia Silverstone. What do you think of her? Um, You know, now, like, like well... I, I guess in Crush, she was hot. You know, and... Uh, See, I, I think where she was really at her hottest is absolutely Clueless. Clueless, clueless yeah. Clueless and, and Crush, she was probably at her hottest. Um, this one, I really don't see her in it because it, the, the, the mask covers her up a little bit and looks like they kind of dull her down a little, like playing her face. Like, oh, although I remember, like... Back in the summer before that movie came out, you know, watching TV and they're like promoting that movie and have her on for interviews. I'm like, oh my God, I've got such a crush on this girl. Like, I cannot wait to see this movie. Not for Batman, which I loved, but for Batgirl. So I, I do think that she is definitely, you know, more attractive than like Kim Basinger or Yvonne Craig or any of them. Other than Nicole Kidman, you know, like she would be at the top of the list so far. But uh, let's move on. Right. Ellie McPherson. Ellie McPherson. Uh, yeah, I would probably put her again near the top of the list. She'd probably be number two. Oh, absolutely. Could not agree more. 
Um, she just looks stunning. She had a minor role. There wasn't a lot to go on. You know, she was just more of like a, uh, she was almost a background character at, at some points, you know. Her facial features were very similar to uh, Nicole Kidman's. She's almost like a poor man's Nicole Kidman, but no poor man can afford her. She is. Pro- I don't know her as an actress, like her personal background, but I have to imagine she's married to one of the wealthiest Russian oligarchs in the world or something like that because, yeah, regular guys like us don't get girls like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, who was that one that played that? Uh, that uh, Emma Frost? Who played Emma Frost? Emma Frost in uh, January Jones. January Jones. She reminds me kind of like January Jones. I have to agree. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. That was another minor part that was wasted on an actress that was too big for that movie. Yeah. Uh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, she very is. girl next door. Very. Well, I, I think I said all I had to say about Katie Holmes before. Like, she was hot back in the day. You know, I mean, she's kind of like, she's not really that big now, and. Right, right. Uh, back when you were watching Dawson's Creek, who was your crush on, Katie or the blonde? Uh, oh, Katie. Okay. I, I think my taste hadn't matured enough at the time because I, I was checking out the blondes more than Katie. I, obviously, I go back and I'm like, what was I thinking? No, definitely Katie. All right. Maggie Gyllenhaal. No. Got to put her at the very, very bottom of the yeah. list. Clearly so. She, she's not on the list. I didn't make a list. I didn't add her to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would pretend she doesn't like exist in the Batman continuity, except like she is the female lead in the best Batman movie, hands down. Like, oh, I know. It's sad. Marion Coltiard. Um, She's all right. I mean, she's attractive, but like... You know, she's like a a, a, a a rich woman's Maggie. I I don't understand why uh, Nolan keeps casting her in all of his movies. Like I just don't see it. Like she's got those bags under her eyes half the time. Like a lot of times she forgets to shave her mustache. Like <laughs> yeah, she's just. I mean, she's not ugly, but she's just. She's not a movie actress she, she's not a star she's not like red carpet you know every paparazzi's following her hot that, that just ain't marion she's she's probably like a very competent actually pretending to be other people like is the technical definition of an actress but for me what really makes an actress is is she hot can she act eh who cares you only need to get her reading the lines right once. Then you can move on to the next uh, shoot. <laughs> you know, I wonder about that sometimes because, like, there was a while. There's this – There's this. Uh, the, remember the, the uh, recently they had this uh, – The Mummy. They were going to start this new dark universe. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. I remember. And, and, and it was that Mar- Botella girl, that Maria um, Botella, the, the, the one who played The Mummy. I, I think I remember who you're talking about. Is that the same one that played – uh, she played the wanna... alien in Star Trek, the the one that was like crashing into the plane that was white with black stripes. Hmm. Uh, I'm having trouble picturing that. It, yeah. It's like they, they they put on they put in these new people that's just like they, they I, I guess they only hire certain actors to like portray or do certain things, and it's not it's like well you know we'll mask all the acting 
with the uh, with the the effects and the the surrounding uh, people. You know, don't worry about getting the getting acting just right, and just get your lines right, and we'll we'll make sure that you know we'll, we're going to cloud your acting with the rest of the people and the effects that go on. Honestly, most of the time that is good enough for whatever movie they're making. Now, I will say I saw an exception last weekend, and that would have to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Now, that is a film that required top-notch acting. You know, at one point, a uh, little girl says to Leonardo DiCaprio, that is the best acting I have ever seen. And you're agreeing with her. You're thinking about every other movie you've ever seen. Like, no, yeah, that is better acting than all of it. And that, that's a role that really called for not just, you know, Leo being like this former teen heartthrob like he used to be, but really being a competent Oscar-winning actor. But we have been asked to cast the role of Barbara Gordon in a Batman movie coming out this year in 2019, and we have to invite these actresses to our casting couch. So... What actress are you inviting up? For Barbara Gordon. Um, For Barbara Gordon. Yep. Okay, I'm I'm choosing Lindsay Morgan. Um, All right. I don't know why Lindsay. About her. <laughs> All right, but why do you choose her? Obviously, like you saw something in the pictures hey, of her. She's got the look, you know. I don't have to worry about the acting if she can get her lines right. See, that's where I disagree because I, I've seen Lindsay, and I don't think she has the look like. Of all the comics I've ever read, I, I just don't see it. Now, when I've been watching The Boys lately, which is uh, a comic book show based on a Warren Ellis comic. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And the lead actress there, Erin Moriarty, she is just maybe one of the most beautiful women alive right now. She's playing a uh, character called Star uh, Starlight, based on uh, Stargirl from DC Comics. All the characters are like parodies and homages and whatnot. Anyway, I, I was really leaning towards her, so I, I decided to Google Aaron Moriarty. And then the search results were like, hey, we want to suggest to you another actress as well, Danica Yarosh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but I, I took a look at that oh, girl. And Danica. I'm like, oh, Danica Yarosh? Danica Yarosh. Yarosh. Man, yeah. she... She has stolen my heart. I don't think she's quite as pretty as Aaron, but I think she is absolutely Batgirl. Like, that is that is who I am casting 100%. Now, she's got, like, a little bit too much blue eyes. I always imagine Batgirl with uh, brown eyes. And obviously, like, her hair would have to be dyed red instead of blonde. But, yeah, she is just, of all the up-and-coming starlets I've seen, one of the most immediately striking. So... Let's hope she gets cast in a comic book movie and comes to Comic-Con sometime. <laughs> Alright, well, speaking of Comic-Con, that brings us to our very last segment called So I'm at the Bar. So, Andy, I'm at the bar, and it's the night before Comic-Con, and I am just getting wasted. Now, I have to be on the train at 7 a.m., you know, to get to my hotel room and all that. But at the same time, I must have met a girl because I kind of brown out at that point. Like, I don't forget anything, but it is a little bit fuzzy. But I do know we hooked up in my uh, apartment all night long. I did not sleep a single wink that night. Like, 
and as I left, you know, for the four-day stay over in New York, like, just the stench of sex is seeping into my uh, apartment, and it's just going to be wafting in there for the next four days, because there's still, like, condoms strewn about and whatnot, like, yeah, all the sheets are all sweaty from, like, you know, the several gallons of sweat we lost that night. So this this girl, I can't remember her name, but she drops me off at the uh, train station, and the only sleep I get before the first night of Comic-Con is the half-hour ride, you know, to New York City. So I get to the show floor finally, and I'm half drunk still, half hungover already. I am almost ready to call it quits, and I've only been on the show floor for like five minutes. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, I have just screwed myself over i'm gonna miss out on a whole day or more a comic-con like <laughs> and as i'm thinking about like heading back to my hotel room for a nap or whatnot out of the corner of my eye who do i see the, like the first person i come across on the show floor like i'm there for 10 minutes and huh that same blonde from the year before from our last episode where I was talking about uh, Comic-Con. Exact same one. And so I'm like, did I say her name? We'll, we'll just call her the blonde. And she recognizes me right away. And we get to talking and she's like, yeah, we should definitely hang out while uh, we're both in town. And so I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, it's a date. We uh, re-exchange numbers and all that. And after a few panels, I, finally the hangover gets to me. I, I go to my hotel room, and I'm right about to pass out, and she texts me like, Hey, let's get some dinner tonight, you and I. And I'm like, well, hell yeah. I, I do take a nap, but uh, after that, I uh, meet up with her. She uh, suggests some sushi place she comes across. Uh, so we uh, get to talking. uh and I ask her, like, what have you been up to lately? Like, because I haven't talked to this girl in a year. She's like, oh, I, I just got married a day or two ago. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> and then I, I finally see, and it's got to be a two or three carat ring. I don't know how I missed this. Wow. <laughs> so here I am on a date with this freshly married girl. Didn't even have a honeymoon. She just came straight to Comic-Con. And I'm like, oh, well, there goes my chances tonight. I guess this is just going to be like a friend's thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe she just wants like one drink and like some sushi at the sushi bar and call it quits. I, I'm just like playing it cool, playing it easy. Oh, good for you. At one point, I, I don't remember if it's right after she said she was married, but for comedic effect, let's say it was as soon as she says I'm married, that's when I start choking on a piece of sashimi. And she actually like, has like to Heimlich me. So that's my second near death, uh, near death experience at Comic-Con with the same girl. <laughs> Two years in a row. But uh, I finally like ask, uh, so did you want to get another drink somewhere else? And she's like, yeah, let's keep it going. Man, the same story every bar we go to. I keep taking her like to the nicest bars in the whole city. I take her to Rain's uh, Law Room at the William. I take her to uh, the Skylark. I take her to like a few places. And every time I'm thinking, man, this girl is going to like want to call it quits and you know want to like you know preserve her marital fidelity and she's like no let's keep keep going on and she's the one that's like you know i i think i don't think it's a chance i think like the universe wanted us to like find each other again like you know i think this is all for a reason i'm like holy oh. shit yeah and then finally i i 
go to uh, drop her off at her uh, hotel. We're standing right in front of the hotel. And she says to me, you know, I think I want to be bad tonight. And I wonder, okay, is this where she invites me up? And then she throws me a curveball. It's like, you know what I want to do? I want to do some, uh, and she names an illicit drug. Yeah, and I, I know she's only saying this because she still feels like she needs a pretext to invite me up to her hotel room. She feels like not drunk enough. She wants to really get, uh, you know, amp it up. Amp it up in order to, like, excuse the fact that she's about to commit marital infidelity with the husband that, you know, she just married a day or two ago. Wow. <laughs> and, and so. Second thoughts. And so. This is the craziest part of the story. Now, you know me. I'm not a drug user at all. I like yeah. occasional cigars. I like some hookah. And I like alcohol. But otherwise, I don't do drugs. I just so happen to know where this exact particular illicit drug is being uh, sold. Literally around the corner from that hotel. Like I knew a guy that was selling that stuff. Like I, I could have just said, hey, let's go to this particular bar that we just passed. I know exactly who to get this from. But I'm like, you know what? The universe has been doing so right by me all night long. You know, chance or fate or destiny or providence, whatever you want to call this, it's been working. I'm just going to leave it in the universe's hands. I'm like, okay, let's just go to the very first bar we see. And so we go to a different bar, one across the street from her hotel. And as soon as we walk in there, she runs into some coworkers. And, I'll, uh, and I'm like, ugh, because what was about to happen couldn't happen. Like, those coworkers could not see her cheating on her brand new husband so yeah went to grace papaya got a hot dog called it a night but but i knew i knew what would have happened yeah that best you know that was the best day of my life despite you know how it ended so hopefully yeah whew. that that was that was a night to remember so, and it's not like I hadn't been uh, laid, you know, in what twenty-four hours at that point. Like, actually, it was probably closer to like fifteen hours. So I, I couldn't really complain. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's gonna do do it for us this week. You can find us two weeks from now, same bat time, same bat channel. See y'all. <laughs>